0: Hello podcast listeners, thanks for jumping in to another episode of the Access Potential podcast. And today on the show, I'm getting to sit down with Emily, who I've known for maybe six months now or so, and I think it is, and Emily runs uh, an F45 gym. So she's an owner, a business owner, and I'm really excited to dive into a little bit of her story um, what is unique here is, I think a couple of things. One is we're gonna find out about what it's like to own and run a business uh, basically on the side. so something that you're not physically a part of on the day to day, which is really, really cool and has a unique set of challenges, of course. Um, and then also, I'm really excited to talk about teams as well and this concept that sort of a word that's used a lot of kind of leadership, but also just this real sort of, Um, human concept of of communication and relationship and how that plays into our business and our daily lives as well. So uh, without further ado, we'll get stuck in. Uh, This is John Marshall listening to the Access Potential podcast. Cool, Emily. So welcome. Thanks so much for carving out the time and, and sitting down today. How's everything going?
1: Yeah, good. Thanks for having me, John.
0: I'm excited to have a chat. Yeah, yeah. So um one of the one of the things that I love to do is kind of flesh out sort of backstory or a little bit of context. So I introduced the episode. Obviously, you know, mentioned you were a business owner and the work that you do another job as well. So maybe just give the listeners some some sort of context as to how that came to be. How did you find yourself here, you know, in, in Newcastle and owning a business in Townsville?
1: Yeah, sure. So I've always been into fitness and um, and health, and you know, I've been a gym goer and playing every sort of sport for for most of my life as long as I can remember. Um, and I just always, as well, had this sort of passion for. Or yearning to have a business as well and I never really knew how that might kind of marry up and how that would happen. Um, I'm a special education teacher as well here in Newcastle so I kind of got into that field and had been doing that for about 10 years Um, but I was actually living with a, a friend that was working at one of the F45 gyms here in Newcastle and he was trying to convince me to come along and showed a bit of resistance because I liked what I was doing and I was a bit of a creature of habit, but, um, I tried it out and fell in love and that's sort of just how it kind of, um, kind of happened. Like it was pretty organic in that way that I, I thought, oh, this is kind of cool. I really like this and, um, got told that they do franchises and I thought maybe this is the opportunity that I was looking for. So yeah, made made the calls and, and that's how, how it started. Yeah
0: so were your were your parents entrepreneurial was there were there business owners in the family? Did you have some sort of example or did it just kind of where did that original idea that mm. I sort of thought about owning a business come from?
1: Yeah, not really no mum was a teacher as well um My dad though was pretty he wasn't entrepreneurial but he was um always in kind of um yeah business type ventures I guess with 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 his job so um I guess I used to talk to him a lot about that sort of stuff and um yeah other than that though not really like there wasn't any any people around me um that wanted that I just liked the idea of kind of having something that was my own and being able to yeah to create something and and lead it to, to to a success I guess yeah
0: yeah. So you, was it a case of kind of like, cause I remember living in Sydney when the 45 stuff started to happen and probably 2012 or 13, I actually was on the website. I remember looking around Sydney and there's only a couple of them there. And mm. I was kind of looking at it all. I'm interested like when you were checking it all out, what was sort of the tipping point, you know, because it's not sort of a small thing to like dive into any business, especially bricks Mm. and mortar, especially a gym. Um, and like, how did you sort of muster up that last little bit, like pull the trigger, so to speak, where a lot of people kind of walk away from the Mm. idea. What, what do you think was the sort of tipping point?
1: Yeah. Well, I had, um, I had a business partner that wanted to do something as well and he was living in town at the time. Um, so I guess I had that, that person, it wasn't as scary cause I wasn't doing it completely on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, it just looked like fun and it looked like, I think the model was really, um, like it was pretty simple. It wasn't, I wouldn't, didn't have to kind of do a lot of stuff myself from the start. Um, you know, that process of that a lot of business go through of setting things up and from, you know from zero to 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 opening the doors. So it was kind of a lot of that stuff was already done so I think that that um calmed my nerves a little bit but um it just looked fun and I just really wanted to it was it was my dream job like I could you know get paid to work out and train people and connect with people so yeah it was just yeah no-brainer for me
0: so what did it look like for you the first how did that kind of unfold the first sort of uh, you know, the kind of honeymoon period and the first sort of early days of the business, was it, was kind of being the owner and having people show up and having to clean the space and all of that, mm. everything that you thought, was it more, was it different?
1: No, it was bloody hard. Like <laughs> I, um, I remember thinking how glamorous it would be to own a business. And that's what I was excited about. Like, in that thought of how fun is this? Like I've got my own business. And, like, I think for the first well, probably eight months to nearly a year, it was just such hard work. It was getting up and doing, you know, the getting up at half past four and doing teaching every class and also building the business and trying to build our network and trying to build our name in Townsville and getting to know people because I was new there. Um, you know, it was 24 7 job. So I'd gone from a pretty nice kind of Eleven weeks off school holidays, job year to working absolutely every day, um, and being tired and just yeah, full on for for a long time, and not getting paid. Like I think that that's the bit that I um, that I really didn't factor in that you kind of don't make that much money at first.
0: Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's massive. Like I think a lot of people don't realize that. Like and and it it would be perhaps slightly different for a business that has existing brand and existing mm. systems but like for most of the time you're effectively taking anything and that's going feeding straight back into the business and if it doesn't like you don't grow like mm. like a business grows by feeding kind of like a, um kind of like a, a ch- like I would imagine a child yeah. you know what I mean like yeah, you yeah. need to give it food and um, I think a lot of people don't necessarily see that. Uh, and so it can be pretty shocking. I know it was shocking for me in the first business as well. It's like hits you like a bit of a brick. You start to add up your hours and you recognize that you're well under the minimum wage, like trying yeah. to just keep going.
1: I remember, um, yeah, I remember having those conversations with friends that thought I was actually living a really glamorous lifestyle and I'd be like, yeah, my hourly wage is so low. <laughs> right now. Yeah.
0: That's yeah. Cool. What um, keeps you going? Like when you, you know, for a lot of people, Cause of course there's unique opportunity too, right? You get to do what you love and and be around people you love when it was like that. And you were in the thick of it and just kind of grinding what sort of like, are you naturally someone who has a lot of attrition and kind of grit or was it people around you? What was sort of the main things that you leaned on?
1: Yeah, I am actually naturally that sort of person. I do have heaps of resilience and grit really. Um, so just keeping on grinding but um, I had a really good team as well in the beginning We um, we had a couple of good trainers that were that became lifelong friends but would just put in the the hours and the effort um, well beyond what they were getting paid for um, just to see us succeed so uh, that definitely helped and the members too like they I still remember some of our foundation members. We've still got a couple that are still there today. Um, But that was really cool for me and and got me through because it was really unique to, I always knew that I loved connecting with people, but when I actually was in that space and it was my business and it was, you know, these were my people, it was super cool to to see that. So that was definitely a huge factor to get me through.
0: Yeah, cool. So... Now, like, take us forward, because now, like, when we first met, you lived in Newcastle, business is still in Townsville. Um, you know, obviously, like, it must be a big shift, kind of energetically, not being in exactly the same place all the time. Like, talk us through a little bit of that. How do you, uh, whether that, how that kind of happened, or, you know, what that's like to be in such a different um, you know, cause it's not just down the road anymore. Mm. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it's definitely difficult. And my business partner was living in Townsville for quite a long time. And it was only until probably when I met you actually, that he has, has actually moved away from the area as well. So, um, there's so many factors that weigh into it. It's, it's the trust of the team that you've got on the ground up there and, um, And it's just really difficult, well, I found it really difficult to keep those relationships um, going along and and thriving, I guess. Um, That's really challenging. But I kind of think, I was thinking about it just the last couple of weeks with, you know, what we're going through at the moment with COVID and um, at first I just thought that that was such a huge challenge as well to kind of navigate, again, being so geographically removed from from your business but I just think it's created such an awesome opportunity as well and I I think that our team and our members are stronger now uh, than we have been pre um, this lockdown so yeah definitely heaps of challenges in in having a business that you don't live near um, in a completely different state but um, so many so many opportunities there as well
0: Hmm. I uh, I want to talk more about that, but just when well, you mentioned the COVID thing. So if you're listening, we're kind of on, I wouldn't yet say probably the tail end, although things are opening back up. So it's kind of like the backside of the bell curve at some place, although there's still a few iterations before things are back to normal. Um, and you know, a lot of businesses, were closed. A lot of gyms were closed. Yoga studios, that kind of thing. And there's kind of two ways that the narrative can go. It's like, well, we were closed, so therefore it got hard. We couldn't grow this sorts of things. Mm. And what I love to ask people is like, what's what's the version two Like, what have you learned? What have you, you know, um, as you just mentioned, Emily, like it, it feels like it makes you stronger. And while of course there's going to be differences, like it might it might hit say revenue, um, for example, for pretty much all of the of bricks and mortar, but what's that 2.0, what's that stronger look like? Cause I'm really interested in that. Cause it's, it's not natural for most people to see that and to feel that it's a lot easier to kind of put the head down or in the sand or kind of explain why it was so hard and why this happened. Mm. Um, but I know like firsthand, a lot of the action you've been taking Maybe like, what does that 2.0 mean to you? What is, what have you been able to learn? What's what's this um, stickiness or this sort of hardship that happened brought into light in terms of new awareness or learnings?
1: Yeah, for me, it's definitely based around relationships and um, just, and culture as well in our studio. So I think, as I was saying before, it's just provided them most unique opportunity for us to work on that, and and really shone a light on some areas that um, just were not working well in the business. Like We had a really terrible culture amongst our staff, um, which we just weren't aware of before this. Um, and I guess just allowing me to reconnect with the members as well, because I've had to, you know, you, you don't have that opportunity to go into the studio anymore. And see them face to face and our trainers aren't seeing them um so there really was no choice but to you know pick up the phone or jump on a zoom or send them a text and um I've been so much closer with the members now than I probably was when I was living up there um and so I guess yeah that for me was was huge a huge eye-opener and just so valuable because I I just truly believe that that relationship side of Things is one of
0: the most important things in business um, yeah yeah i i love that i mean one of the um there's this concept uh by a guy his name's paul graham and it's called do things that don't scale and basically it's like when your business is new it's like spend as much time as you can calling being like basically the things that you have to do at the start like they're not scalable. Like you, you have to do hands-on stuff all the time and and kind of make things work. And it's not going to last you forever, but it's really critical in the early days. And, um, when, when we get into hardship or when things don't go according to plan, a lot of times, again, we have to do things that aren't scalable. We can't outsource these things. And I really love kind of what you're saying there. Do you, do you feel that it, was there a tipping point for you or was there a shift where it went from the narrative of like, Oh, you know, I don't want to, or I do, I have to call people or did you feel a shift where you then wanted to do it? That kind of thing. Or is it, was it a welcome thing for you and your personality at the beginning, like straight away to want to reach out to everyone and connect with them?
1: Uh, Like, yes and no. I think there's, um, yeah, there's kind of those members and that you've really good friends with that are really easy to um, reach out to, but then there's ones that you might not know very well and, you know, I'd I'd get nervous about, or do they want me to call them or um, will I just be seeming like I'm being pushy? Do they want to be left alone? Um, That sort of stuff definitely went through my mind. but um, I think I just put myself in, in their shoes. I know that, um, you know, people that down here in Newcastle, that, that I went to studios, like they, they reached out to me and I knew how it, how it felt. Um, so yeah, I think that that's what the the tipping point for me was that, um, uh, like, I just knew that I, that I had to, that this was so important for, for keeping our business, um, really healthy and, and for, I guess, thinking about why I was in this in the first place. And it's definitely about, like, having that connection and con- compassion for, for people. And um, I just knew that some people were really struggling through this. And they want to, you know, we're, we're about keeping people fit and healthy. And part of being fit and healthy is also um, having someone to talk to or having someone reach out and, and checking in on them. So, um, yeah, it's definitely important.
0: Maybe talk a little bit about like uh one of the things that i I think about with people in health and wellness or or fitness or gyms or any of these industries is the relationship with the client is there's a lot of unique challenges and a lot of unique opportunities, but the relationship with the client is not uh it's not typical it's atypical it's it's a, it's what I would kind of call a deeper um, interpersonal relationship or, or a a pretty strong connection generally. And whereas say if I, and I know that you have, you can have a cafe with really strong connection, these sorts Mm. of things, but like for, for a lot of you guys, it's like 6am, like someone shows up. It's, it's, you know, other, other, I know other facilities, it's like they're trying to get it be the best hour of the day. And there's outreach to people. And you know, about like, their husband's um, birthday or their kid's soccer match mm. or whatever. Like talk a little bit about that. What does that mean to you? Like, have you found that to be a common thread since you opened? Like it's been this sort of, um, or, or now like this sort of deeper level of kind of work or relationship that you've had to maintain or is it been something different for you?
1: No, that's definitely, yeah, definitely what it is. It's definitely been harder though because I I did, um, yeah, moved down back down to Newcastle to my hometown, you know, um, and I've been here for for about two years now. So away from the gym, and I hadn't visited much to to town to be completely honest. Um, and so, yeah, being able to have that deeper connection was much harder. Mm. Um, but it's definitely. I I really love that. So I went up and visited again um, a couple of months ago, and was able to reconnect uh, like that with with a lot of the members. And it just makes such a difference. And you want to know that stuff anyway. It's so it's so cool, like to go into the 5:15 a.m. class and you know know what everybody's dogs' names are and you know that sort of stuff. Like it's um, and it's about building community. I think I think that's really um, really key. And, and our you know, F45 has their slogan life changing team training, life changing. So, um, I just think that's so true for any sort of health and fitness area, like that, that you are in that business of changing lives. Um, and that team training feels really about that, creating that community. So, um, having those really deep connections is definitely what it's about for me.
0: Mm. Can you talk a little bit about the because from the outside, especially if you own or run an independent gym, mm. a lot of times there can be this sort of like fence. Like when you look at say a, a franchise or a gym that's run uh you know, alongside others, say a 45 or um, you know, maybe Orange Theory or some of the franchises, you there can be a narrative which is like that because it's part of a bigger brand it's somehow less people-centric or less customer-centric whereas the independent is you know all about our community or it's all about Mm. our membership and I know as well as you do that that it's that it could be couldn't be further from the truth like it's Mm. that when we're dealing with humans we're dealing with humans but could you um talk a bit about that like does that resonate at all and if so like what is it, um, you know, what does it mean to be an F-45 owner, say in Townsville City, relative to Newcastle? Like, do you guys, obviously, you have your own way of doing things? Like, maybe just flesh out a little bit of that if, if anything pops up.
1: Yeah, uh, look, we do have our own way of doing things. A lot of our stuff we, we do the same as what you do here in Newcastle. Um, you know, there's that basic model, but um, we, yeah, we're pretty, we've got our own unique way of connecting with members and um making them feel you know special and part of that community Um, I, i think you're completely right like it doesn't matter if you're an independent gym owner or a franchise owner it's human beings are human beings and um it's just key to any any business any like that you know you've got to you've got to put in that that work to to build that that relationship and community and I guess we've just, it sounds well sort of unique. It's, it's a, like a miniature in Newcastle, I guess. So it's pretty tight knit. Um, people know people up there, you know, you know, most of the people that you run into. So it's already kind of got that community feel. And mm. um, yeah, I, and I know that when we've had interstate visitors, like we used to get lots of people flying in. So the flight attendants and stuff coming and visiting um, I do think we are a little bit more unique than like the big city F-45s. So I think they can be, a, maybe get a little bit lost, um, you know, in the in the numbers there. But uh, we, we've always had feedback about how how welcoming and how you just feel like you're you're part of that that team straight away when you walk through our doors. So, and it comes down to our trainers too. Like our trainers just live and breathe it, and they're passionate about it, and they're passionate about helping people as well. So it
0: definitely mm. helps. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really cool. Cause I think sometimes people, and I, I see this often with uh, maybe facility owners or f- of independent businesses where, so if 45 will do really well and they might have a narrative around, it might be easier for them or these sorts of things because it's like the big brand. And I think there's uh still this underlying factor that the part of the power of it is that they understood the experience, the importance of the experience of the, the user, the member. Mm. And so like, you know, I know we've had some conversations, but like, it's important, like th- the level of attention that the person gets, there's nothing really to do so much with brand, because if you don't uphold the experience, when the customer walks through the door, the member, then it just falls apart. Like it has to be, has to be strong on that base grassroots level, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And they don't, it's a hundred percent. And all the feedback that we get is that the best thing about F45 is not the pre-recorded choreographed stuff. It's not the brand. It's the, it's the trainers and the actually how they feel in our studio. They just, so many comments about the vibe in there. It's just amazing.
0: Mm.
1: It's great. Everybody's so friendly. The trainers are, you know, are amazing. So um, that's not anything about brand. That's about absolutely what they're experiencing and feeling when they walk through the door.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's so important because it's a, it's a narrative on the other side that doesn't help. And, and it often stops you from seeing what you guys do so well uh, or any small business who is, who is doing really well with customer experience. What, um, let's talk about culture, uh, a little bit. You mentioned that for a period you didn't have what you felt was great culture and culture is this thing that like, for me, I get really, really excited. Cause I just like, it's kind of everything. And it's also intangible and hard sometimes for people to get the head around, well, how can it change the bottom line or how can it change? Like what's actually happening? Um, what comes to mind for you when you think about culture, what you've changed, what's working for you at the moment, um, generally, or in this kind of COVID period or whatever?
1: Yeah, I think I really thought that we had great culture, um, in our studio and like in amongst our team as well. Um, and I guess in just in recent times that has, there has been like a bit of a light shone on that, that it, that it wasn't so great. Um. And I had to get really real about that because it's really easy to blame the staff members that are currently, you know, or or were currently on the ground and and doing it and blaming them for creating that or or not fixing it. Um, But I guess, yeah, getting real for me was that I actually had stepped away a little bit and and pulled back and and wasn't really leading the group as well. So um, that for me during this time has been... Um, massive, like a massive kind of learning for me um, that that it was actually, it came a lot from the top down. So myself and my business partner and um, putting the work in to, to build back up those relationships and have our expectations um, known and and also just leading by example as well, I think has been um, huge for us. Um, so So yeah, I've really gotten back, involved like a thousand percent into the business and um and having those conversations with with our staff and um and not just about the work I think that's the biggest learning that I've had as well that's rather than just constantly be telling them what I would need them to do work-wise but actually taking an interest in their life and what's going on for them um that's been huge I've seen massive results with us for with our bottom line and also just with the vibe of our our team. Um they're loving working for us now, they're loving to working together and they're now doing like I like to kind of think of you can either hire staff or you can hire talent and you know the staff are the ones that are going to clock in at five fifteen and go at six. Um but the talent's the ones that are gonna do the extras for you and um go above and beyond, even though they're only getting their you know hourly wage for for whatever they they turn up for in class. so we're definitely getting the talent now out of all of our staff, which is just awesome like it's it's huge.
0: Mm, so much good stuff in that um the one thing at the beginning that came to mind is uh this concept of like you know you talked about. the the light shining on what we're not doing as the owner, as a leader. And it's kind of like this question, which is like, how, how am I responsible? How am I playing into creating this that I don't want like this situation that I'm, I'm telling everyone is no good. And it's like, how can I hold the mirror up? What is it that I'm doing? um to to help create this or to at least partly contribute to this or to set this up this you know the situation that needs to change what was the um what did it feel like when you when you because i also want to talk about what what that looks like now but what did that feel like when you pivoted um for you and you started to take more i guess take more responsibility was that a hard thing because it's like, well, I had to, you know, kind of be wrong and admit that, or was it an easy thing in terms of getting excited to lean into it? Like how did that sort of shape? Because that's a big shift. That's a, that's a hard thing to do, you know, what you're talking Mm. about.
1: Yeah. I'm usually pretty good at taking responsibility and, and being self-reflective and I am quite good at that, but um, yeah, it was definitely hard because it was, I I almost just felt guilty that I'd let it get to a point that it was, um, so I guess I was fine to take the responsibility, but I just felt really <laughs> shitty about that it had gotten there, um, and and knowing that well, I I now just have to put in the the work to get it back because this is this is where we're at and um, we've gotten to this place and actually. You know, I I think I could just see that there was so much opportunity in that for me leaning into that and and stepping up and showing the staff that I was willing to do that. I I think I saw that there was potential there and opportunity for that to be pretty big. So, mm. um, yeah.
0: What does that look like for you? Like it's just such a cool 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 place where you are. You know, you talk about um, being there for your staff. One thing that I think about sometimes is like. Is like you know helping helping someone else with the transformation they want to make, and then you know you mentioned that they're working for the wage, whatever that is. But when they're when somebody's transforming or becoming a better leader or a better human or whatever it might be, like usually we'll do that for like you said, like for sometimes for not even money, right? Sometimes yeah. we're doing it just because of that transformation. What is it? What does it look like a little bit for you to? bring that level of acknowledgement to the staff to start to see them at that deeper level to support them. What's some of the nuts and bolts, like are you on phone calls? Like what did how did that change look and what is it looking like now?
1: Yeah, it definitely looked like in the beginning, it was just actually picking up the phone and and chatting to them. There's so many of my staff that I hadn't actually spoken to on a phone call since I left, which was, Again, I'm a bit embarrassed by that, but, um, yeah, so that was the first step. And I was really nervous about making those phone calls because I just thought that, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what I expected, but I was, I just felt uneasy about it, but it was received so well. Um, it was received well by the ones that we really knew, well, that wanted to stay, and then the ones that didn't, um, it kind of, I guess, it ironed out those, those kinks, I suppose um but yeah so just phone calls and then now it's it's a weekly thing that i'm checking in at least once to twice a week um with the staff and chatting to them about you know what their hopes and dreams are and what's outside of f45 as well as our expectations um giving them heaps more autonomy as well in doing what they're, they they want to do within the business now so um and just making i know we, we chatted about this the other day it was a really cool concept of Giving them the freedom to do stuff. Um, but also just having some expectations around it. And I think that that's just makes people feel more valued. Um, and they just, it has a direct impact on, um, and it, you know, how they're performing within your business. Um, when they, they feel valued and they feel like they have the autonomy to do the things that they're really good at.
0: Mm, Yeah. I love that. Um, when you think about like, let's move to where we're at. So, you know, we're, we're, I think currently, so if you're listening to this currently, and correct me if I'm wrong in Queensland, but it's like, we're basically able to very soon, if not now in some places, uh, oh no, I think that's more New Zealand from Thursday, but very soon outdoor groups are able to train in person again, Together, groups of ten, including the the leader or the teacher or the coach. Um, so probably soon we'll have some sort of indoor groups of ten with some sort of distance requirement, something like that. Like you know, whatever. However, the penny drops is going to drop, and and things are going to fall into the place that they do what are some of the things like what's that you're excited about kind of the version 2.0, whether that staff level, some of these, um, this level of autonomy with the staff or the, the members or the culture or what's some of the cool stuff that you're sort certified about up about second half of this year coming from where we've just been.
1: Yeah. So yeah, we can, we're good to go from Friday, this Friday, Friday. Oh, yeah. awesome. which is yeah, super cool. Um, Outdoors. Outdoors. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So getting ready for that, but um, I've actually just done like a a bit of a reshuffle, I guess, with my staff, um, which I'm really excited about and more just leaning into those things that they love and that they're really good at and passionate about within the business. And and rather than having this sort of top down um, approach, I'm really excited about facilitating that leadership amongst the team and across the team. Um, So that's, yeah, that's what we're really focusing on at the moment that, that we've all got these unique skills and abilities and and passions. And, um, I want to be able to, to help lead, lead the rest of the staff in being able to shine in that, in those respects and the staff are super keen for it. They're, they're just, you know i mentioned it briefly on a staff meeting the other day and i got um calls and texts you know the very next morning about i want to do this i want to do that you know i want to help with this i want to create this so um really excited about that uh, about just seeing how the team can can grow and how i can delegate some of that leadership across um mm. across the team too
0: yeah so cool uh that kind of it's some a little bit overused phrase but that leaders create leaders kind of concept mm-hmm. comes to mind um i really like that so uh you know you were talking about the strengths each of their individual strengths um something what we've briefly touched on before that I, I kind of pick up here and i think if you're listening you can pick up is um this obvious shift you're also in teaching as well so this obvious or so this maybe not obvious but this this um link between you and this, um, leaning into people, communication, um, becoming a, a better leader, helping them to elevate themselves, helping others to grow. Are you, you know, is, is this resonating at all? Like, um, yeah, does that resonate at all? Is this something that you knew before have carried through like with your teaching work or in other areas, um, or has it changed in light of like what you've learned recently or through the COVID period or anything like that?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I guess I've always been sort of drawn to that leadership role and, and in my other um, job as a teacher, I'm actually on the leadership team with that as well. So I yeah. guess it's, it's obviously there in me, but I, I don't think that I actually realized the strength that I had in, in leading the teams until recently. Like, I, and that's come from, conversations I've had with the staff and the feedback I've gotten and how much they actually really value those little things that I do. And I guess they're second nature, but um, I'd really like to even lean in. I'm excited for the second half of the year to lean that into that with myself and really see where I could take that and how how much more value I could be to the team in that capacity as well. Because, um, yeah, as I said, it was kind of a blind spot. Like I, I did it, Um And obviously I've, I've been in the positions, but I I don't know that I really knew how I did it or, or the effect that it could have. So that's super exciting.
0: Yeah. Let's, let's talk about, uh, just quickly on some of the nuts and bolts, like it's hard because the, the gyms have been closed. Mm. So it's been a while since we've all been in the same room and had that energy in the room, but, um, like conversations with clients or members, Facebook groups, like, have you seen the shift? Because what you've talked about mostly has been um, what I would kind of consider like top-level communication or support, so say from owner to staff and kind of team-level mm. um, feedback and that kind of thing, which is really cool. Have you seen already, even though you haven't been getting together face-to-face with the the tribe, so to speak, but have you seen um, a shift in the energy at the member level or the broader community, even though most of this work you've been speaking about has been um, at the top, like between the coaches, between yourself and the other um, people in the team.
1: Yeah, massively. And like our Facebook members group is probably the best example to give that it was just like radio silence in there. It was crickets. It was, there's nothing going on and um, and no engagement, but it's, um we worked we worked a little bit harder to get that up and running um before we sort of had to close doors but um but yeah since then the the engagement with members um and that that energy amongst them has has been yeah like it's it's just it's just exploded and um our trainers are also like getting in there as well and and creating you know energy as well by um, communicating, and we've got a really good kind of feel in there now, um, which is super cool to see. And I think, like, obviously, it kind of had to happen because everybody had to move online, so that was probably a natural flow that it would it would spark up a little bit. But um, I definitely think that it's it was starting to do it before we closed.
0: Mm. Doors, uh, I, so would, I, I would, I would, yeah, I would say I would, you know, and I know that you don't want to take full credit, but I would say that. It probably wouldn't necessarily naturally happen. I think it easily could have sat crickets as well had you not done the work Um, because there's a billion other places to go with our attention online, right? So like Mm -hmm. I jump online, I can go anywhere. Um, I think you must, I think the work that you've done probably will definitely would have played into that shift for sure.
1: Yeah. That's, well, that's cool to
0: hear. But, um, yeah. Thanks for that. But Yeah, I, for sure. For sure. Because I think it's, it's the, it's a, it's a community, right? So mm. the level of connection vertically and then laterally is going to influence that energy that's mm. going on. And if that's not there, um, I don't think the fact that the gym's closed would definitely fuel it, necessarily fuel it enough. What's um, what's, Like, you know, what's some of the, when you think about like staff, um, what, you know, and you, you talk about the sense of autonomy and people stepping into their own kind of self-leadership space a little bit. Um, where, where do you see that going? Like what's, what's some of the, and it may not, I don't know if it's clear yet, but like, what's, some of the scope of that, what's the potential, what are they sort of raising their hands for? Like, mm-hmm. are we talking day-to-day stuff, like content? Like, how is this, how do you see this as potentially playing out? Because it sounds like a really exciting opportunity, you know, one that needs work, but it sounds like a really cool idea and has a cool feel to it.
1: Yeah, um, some of it's content creation. One of the um, one of our young trainers actually put her hand up to, to do some cool videos and, sort of how-to type stuff and and edit some of the the stuff that I've um, been trying to create as well. So um, that sort of space is super exciting because I guess that was one of the things that does stress me because I'm not there. It's really hard to create content in the studio or to, you know, do social media from, from another state. So um, that's super exciting. But even um, things like, you know, we run challenges every every quarter um with F45 and some of our trainers like love that sort of stuff like they love leading groups like that and and keeping that motivation high which um I think's cool and you know that they want to get involved in that and then there's um others that are just wanting to do more sort of I guess leadership like I was so leading the team and making sure that um you know we're, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing and everybody's okay and that kind of day-to-day sort of um checking in um so it's super cool like i'm really excited and i don't know how it's going to look but it's um yeah i'm just i'm just so excited about what the potential for it is
0: Mm. one concept that comes to mind is um and i know you've got the book tribes that one by seth godin but there's a concept in there which is uh give them a platform and shine a light on their achievements. And the really cool thing that I'm picking up when you talk about this is like, you've got this really cool platform. And when the, when the, the staff, uh, I mean, of course the members too, but when the staff uh, do their good work, that they want to step into, you've got such a cool vehicle to be able to highlight that and to be able to elevate them as leaders and kind of showcase their journey. It's kind of like, all of a sudden, you've got this amazing um, kind of human human development sort of thing. That, you know, this kind of like it's a business and it's this, this, which is something that I love about small businesses. Like it's a the business and it's such a place for potential development as well.
1: Mm. Oh, so so much. And I I think back before I jumped on the call, you're reflecting about you know where I started and I've grown so much in in the you know five years that we've had the business it's it's massive the the shifts I've had in my personal development and the skills that I have and I just think it's we've got a couple of really young kind of staff but like all ages but I just think it'd be just cool to for them to be able to have that opportunity to experience that growth as well and if we can help that and facilitate it then that's awesome
0: yeah so cool Uh, anything else you're excited about the next couple of months getting back into training? Um, are you going to head back up there at all? Like anything else going on for you?
1: Yeah. Planning to head up as soon as uh, we're allowed, which I think they're, they're lifting the, um, the interstate travel. Um, so yeah, I'll I'll head up there in the next uh, month or so. And I'm just excited to get to see the members again, really. And, and, and do, do some workouts with them and yeah.
0: Yeah. It's almost a little bit emotional for everyone, isn't it? Getting mm. back and like getting into the training. And I just think that training for those people who buy, like who are part of that as part of their lifestyle um, to, and, and there's, it's great to have so many online things pop up and, you know, for some places we'll continue that. That's cool. Um, but to be able to get together in the same room and just go through the workouts mm. or whatever it is, is, is pretty cool. Yeah. And it's
1: so much more than just, you know, getting your forty five minutes of exercise in a day. Yeah. Like it's that, you know, you go and you meet your friends and your yeah your fitness family at six AM every morning and you have a laugh and you've got this collective suffering when it's hurting and yeah, it's kind of there's so much more than just turning up to do your class, so
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh anything else that's friend of mine that you want to talk about or excited about? Um no, just
1: just excited to for the next four weeks, I think it's going to be cool to ramp back up. And, hmm. um, and then we've, we're, we're, will hopefully, um, four weeks and we're open doors again. So
0: have you guys as usual. got a bit of a, like, um, plan in place or sort of stages or tentative things like that are happening for you in line with the changes?
1: Yeah. So we've created a sort of a, a three staged plan, like, um, sort of in line with, what the governments are, are proposing, and um, so we'll open with our boot camps and um, for stage one, and then hopefully stage two's open doors, but with obviously with um, restricted numbers and social distancing. And then by stage three, we're hopeful to just be up and running and um, open for business like we were pre-COVID.
0: Yeah, stronger, yep. 2.0. than ever. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. And I think there's a lot of really cool stuff in here that will resonate with people. Um, not only looking to pull the trigger on a gym or business at the beginning, but then also, uh, I know, I know a, I've had a lot of conversations and there's a lot of people where this conversation around, you know, the leadership thing, the the communication thing, just so powerful and, the shifts to the bottom line, the shifts to the experience for the member is, um, you know, it's palpable. You can really, mm. you can really feel it and you can really see it as well. So really thank, thank you for sharing that. It's really cool. The work you're doing.
1: No, thank you. And I think like, if I can leave, you know, any business owners that are or people that are thinking about getting into business with anything, it's the thing that I probably wished I hadn't learned so late was was how important that communication and relationship is um, I Was very much focused on just the, we need memberships and we need money to keep going. But um, if you can nail that, the importance of that early on, then I think that that's, yeah, that's the biggest piece of advice I can give.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess the take to the cool thing for all of us is we, we can, we can just declare that it's still early, plenty of time ahead, yeah. lots of different businesses, lots of things to do. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Thanks so much, Emily. I appreciate it. And um I'll put your socials and that kind of thing below the show notes so anyone can um reach out. I guess oh, that'd be cool if they reach out, if they got any questions, anything like that.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah. Happy for that. Beautiful.
0: Uh thank you.
1: Thanks, John. Put
0: yourself in an environment where you for, like you're forced to move forward and find ways,
1: techniques that other people have, like yourself in this community and to just keep moving forward faster. It's like, let's get there.
0: Let's get there and let's get
1: there as quick as we can. Like, let's not waste time,
0: yeah. Access Potential Academy is a peer-to-peer group for small business owners. Mostly in the health and wellness space, sometimes creative space as well, who are looking to really learn, really grow and understand the foundational skills that they can use to do great work, to show up powerfully and to stand out, whether that's in their marketing, whether that's in their delivery, surprise and delight, their customers, their members. Uh, These are the skills that we use to build long-term, sustainable businesses that light us up. If you're interested in finding out more about the APA program, send me a quick email, john at johntmarsh.com. Love to hear what you're up to, what you're creating uh, moving forward. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.